Welcome to the Chuck Shoe Podcast. My guest today is Rob Carlisle from the band The Compulsions. So this is like a really critically acclaimed uh, New York City band. Uh, and he's had he's worked with some really good musicians in this band. Um, he had the current guitarist and current drummer from Guns N' Roses, uh, Richard Fortas and Frank Furr, were in The Compulsions for a long time. Uh, but he fired them, and we'll talk a little bit about that. And now he's assembled this uh, great set of musicians for his new album, Ferocious. Uh, so this includes Earl Slick, who's a guitarist who's worked with John Lennon and David Bowie. So pretty good resume there. Plus he got Bumblefoot, another guitarist who was also in Guns N' Roses. And now he fronts the 80s band Asia. Um, so great musicians, great songs on Rob's new album, Ferocious. And Rob is just a really cool guy. It was really fun to talk music with him and get his thoughts on a lot of this stuff with music and what's going on in the world and songwriting and all sorts of stuff. So I really hope he can get a tour together soon because um, I'd love to see him live. Otherwise, I might have to make a trip to New York City and I can see his band and I can see some of the comedians I've interviewed like Mike Kaplan and Liz Mealy and Dan Wilbur and I, all that whole gang. So uh, enjoy this interview with Rob Carlisle from The Compulsions. Welcome to my show. Thanks for uh, reaching out. It's exciting. Um, I guess my first thing I got to ask you, I don't know. I couldn't find a lot about your background. I know you're from New York. Uh, but you'll have to fill in the gaps for me. I mean, I know a little bit, you're a fan of Led Zeppelin, the Rolling Stones. And I thought this was cool that you used to read interviews with uh, Jimmy Page and Keith Richards. And they would mention like these old blues guys like Robert Johnson. And then you would go back and like find those things that they were influenced by because you were such a fan. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I don't know how I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, I mean, I just, <laughs> the whole, you know, I love the blues and folk music and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I always say that to people, you know, like if you're really into playing guitar or being a musician or whatever, I mean, obviously you're going to have your heroes, but they have their heroes too. And you kind of owe it to yourself and the music to, you know, you know, look into it. I mean, you're probably going to love what you hear and you'll be like, oh, that's where they got that from. You know what I mean? Right, right. So that's kind of how you got into music. So tell me, but tell me more about your, your background, like growing up in New York. What was that like? Um, well, I'm a child of the seventies. Um, it was way different than, although it's becoming more like that now. Um, uh, you know, uh, it, it was just, things were just a lot different, you know? I mean, I, I, I was born in Staten Island. So, uh, at the, at, at about the age of 10, we moved upstate. So I didn't really have a lot of, um, exposure to the, the quote unquote, the city, except for the odd trip. Here, you know, here and there, we're like traveling through it as we went to go visit, you know, relatives in Brooklyn. But um, and so the radio up there was it was more, I mean, now they call it classic rock. Yeah. But, um, so it was all the usual suspects, you know, the Stones and the Zeppelin and Dylan and Hendrix and Aerosmith and ACDC and all that. And I just loved all that stuff. I never thought, you know, that I would ever you know, play guitar or try and be in a band or anything. I just liked it for whatever reason. It just appealed to me. Um, and then, uh, you know, after high school, I moved into the city and started going to art school and hanging out in the clubs and meeting other, you know, new hope, new cast of friends. And that's when I, I, I learned a lot more about the bands that I read about, uh, like the Stooges and the Dolls and stuff, because that stuff didn't get a lot of, that stuff didn't get a lot of exposure mm. uh, back then. You know, you, you wouldn't hear the New York Dolls on the radio. Um, hmm. And you still pretty much don't. 
unfortunately. Mm. Um, so, uh, so I guess the combination of, you know, that kind of, you know, classic rock upbringing, uh, for lack of a better term. And then, you know, once I hit town and then got hip to like, you know, the, uh, the Sex Pistols and and The Clash and all that kind. I mean, The Clash was on the radio actually, but you wouldn't have heard The Sex Pistols and The Dolls and The Stooges and and that kind of. The Dead Boys certainly. Yeah, not. no, those are all great influences. But so, did you? When did you start like playing the guitar and singing and writing songs? Oh well, playing guitar, I I, you know, I saw a, a movie on HBO. It was called um, Let's Spend the Night Together. And it was a Stones concert movie. And, and when I saw them in action, you know, I had never seen the visual really, you know, up until that point. And so when I saw them in action as a little kid, I was like, that just looks like and sounds like the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to get a guitar. Um, and, and so I was probably maybe like 12 or 13 when I got my parents to get me a guitar and took a few lessons and, uh, you know, you know, just you know kind of taught myself after taught that. yourself okay so no lessons or um I, or a few I, lessons I, no not too much i should i should have taken a lot more but <laughs> no I really and to this day i'm really not into like learning other people's material okay and that's kind of like what they do when when you know when, and, and it's a great way to learn how to play actually i mean there's really no other way but i'm just it's just i never was i never loved playing other learning other people's material um, but I loved the songs that they had written. And so I guess, I guess I just aspired to like write songs, quote unquote, like them, you know? Okay. Uh, and then eventually, you know, I, I used to buy all the guitar magazines. Oh um, yeah, me too. Yeah. And I still have them actually. Um, I, you don't throw those out, you know, at least I didn't. And so then oh, there was cool. an article. In, yeah. There was an article in there about the Keith Richards open G tuning. And so I put my guitar in that tuning and I was, and, and it sounded amazing to me. And mm. I immediately changed it back to regular tuning because I didn't think it was right to, you know, rip off somebody. Little mm. did I know that, you know, everything is ripped off. Right. Yeah. Um, to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. So, if I, yeah, I use the word ripped off, but you know what I mean? Um, so Influence, yeah. I, you know, eventually I would go back to it and, um, and, and, uh, and in the early days, uh, you know, I mostly played, you know, in open tuning, very, you know, very, uh, crude player, you know, and still to this day, although I'm working on that, um, uh, and, uh, and I, I tried making bands in the city, uh, once I moved to the city and didn't really have any luck. I was looking for a lead singer. I was looking for like the next Steven Tyler or whatever, or Steve Marriott or something like that. And I just wasn't having any luck. And after a while I bought a four track, learned how to, you know, kind of use that and started making like these makeshift demos and writing my own songs. And, you know, I, and I became, you know, I start I was singing on them, if you could call it singing. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and what style would you say it was back then? Was it kind of what you're playing now or is it more punk yeah, or totally, totally the same thing as now. Okay. Yeah, like I've been on this path. I've been on this mission like the whole time. So when you did know? you get the name crazy Rob Carlisle and why well, I, is it crazy? I just did that. Um, why did I do that? Oh, you gave I it to yourself? That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> everybody, treats, everybody treats me like that. So I was like, all right, fine. I'm going to own it. Okay. Um, so I did that. I did this tour a couple of years ago. I did a couple of tours with this guy named Daryl Bath. Um, mm-hmm. uh, 
He's a British guy, and we're very similar in in our influences. And you said and, he's you the know. British you, right? Well, that's <laughs> did I say that? Yeah, um, we're very similar. In, okay, in our in our in our, in our um in, in our likes and in uh in our songwriting style and even vocally and stuff. So we were really good match, and uh and so uh we were putting that together. I think I think this is how that happened. And I just wanted to na- I just wanted to use my name. But I wanted it to be like attention getting, you know, in in, you know, in posters or whatever. So I just put that name in front of it. A, A, A as a fuck you to everybody who treats me like I'm crazy. I'm like, okay, fine, then I'm going to own it. And then um, and then just as a way to just stand out. I mean, why do we change our names in rock and roll? You know, like why is Muddy Waters Muddy Waters? You know, because you're probably more likely to press play than, you know, instead of McKinley Morganfield, which was his real name. Right. Muddy Waters just sounds yeah like, like Slash is definitely a better name than Saul Hudson yeah 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 so I mean you kind of you kind of have the right to change your name in this business and you know you might as well just go for it um so uh so there was that and also I had also written a bunch of songs which no one's really heard too much of yet although I did play a couple of them on that tour I'd written a couple of songs that were kind of about like your mental state of mind mm. uh uh your mental that's a uh that's redundant. Um, but um, it, one was called uh, My Baby's Driving Me Crazy, which is an awesome song. I have another song called Suicide Blues, which, believe it or not, is hilarious. Okay. And then I have another song called um, Reclusive. And those are waiting to get put out one day. And they're all about, you know, they, they were more about, like, your headspace. And so that was another reason why the crazy thing just kind of came about. So it's just kind of like... You know, I don't do anything for really one reason. There's always like a host of reasons okay. behind all my moves. And I probably, if you ask anybody, uh, we're all we're all like that. Um, so yeah, that's where the crazy came from. And then wh- how'd you? Ca- gonna, what's I that? Use moving, I don't know if I'm going to use it moving forward, but who knows? Okay. You know? So how did you come up with the name, the Compulsions? That's a pretty good name because it's kind of like a obsessive compulsive. A lot of like mental things. I'm I'm yeah. noticing the theme. Yeah, there is. There's a lot of there's actually a lot of themes, but uh, <laughs> mental one. I mean, look, listen, Ozzy Osbourne has a whole career based on crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And evil, but also crazy. Yeah, true. So you know, so it's a it's a um, it's a it's a wellspring of inspiration. Um, so what was the question? Uh, How did you come up with the name The Compulsions? Oh, I I you know I I was so around about that time like I'm telling you when I was you know trying to put together a band or putting together bands that didn't last very long I had a post-it on a refrigerator of just like um uh you know possible names okay and, was one of them. and uh, I always loved bands that are like the blanks like uh-huh. the Dead Boys or the New York Dolls or whatever I always loved the the thing. Um, and I and I and I like that word because you know it's it's a word that you don't really hear that much. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's it's kind of like not like a tired word. Um, and it kind of reminds me of the Temptations, which is like another great name. Yeah, I like I like the T I O N or the S I O N ending. Okay, it sounds cool. So that's kind of really what it was about. And you know the name is just kind of stuck. Uh, and yeah, that's kind of it. That's cool. So do you ever get confused with the actor, Robert Carlyle? Because when I was Googling you, I kept finding coming across this actor. I was like, oh, I got to scroll through this. Like, how do I, yeah. you need to get like a, your name to be the top Google search or whatever? Well, I'm working on that. Um, actually, I get confused for everybody, but not that guy. Like, actually, <laughs> I've heard 
People have told me I look like everybody, and I mean everybody from the Beatles to Motley Crue. And believe it or not, I, 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 yesterday I'm sitting there and some crazy dude just walks up to me and goes, yo, what, what's going on, Alice Cooper? You know, so it's just, I just can't get it all. What? You're a little too young to be Alice Cooper. I think they just throw out any rock and roll reference okay. that comes to mind. You know, I've heard, I, I've heard, I mean, just a bizarre um, uh, um, uh, list of names that would, that actually blow you. I've even got, I've gotten Elvis Presley and Michael Jackson, even, I mean, from complete foreigners, just like throwing out like any kind of the first musical name they could think of. Okay. So. Hmm, interesting doing it back to them you know so it's more uh, just like they're saying not necessarily thinking you're that person but just calling you that as like a nickname because i guess yeah like Uh, people Uh, in new york is that kind of a new york thing too do people in new york like i remember i was wearing this uh like a brooklyn dodgers old jersey and and someone's like hey brooklyn come here and he's trying to sell me something or like they just kind of call you what like they don't know your name so they're gonna say what you look like or yeah, New Yorkers just speak their mind, for better or worse. You know, they're just gonna you, you, you just, they're just gonna let you know exactly what they think of you uh, if they feel like it. Um, is that do I like it necessarily? I mean, probably not. But you know, I could be called worse. So yeah, no, that's that's not really an insult to be called. Alice Cooper's a. I mean, other than he's a little bit older than you, like or a lot older than you. I think it was just, I, I, and I think it was just, you know, if you saw the guy that called me Alice Cooper, that would probably explain a lot. Of okay. It. He was definitely a crazy motherfucker. Okay. Um, but uh, he, he was just speaking his mind, and that was the first thing that came out of his mouth. Gotcha. So I didn't, the, it, I didn't take it as an insult. No, me. definitely not. So you've had the compulsion since what, 2003? 17 years? Yeah, yeah. Don't remind me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, but so this is so cool. You actually originally. You had the Guns N' Roses guitarist Richard Fortas and their drummer Frank Furr, which you knew them from like when you played in New York. And so I was I was trying to figure out the story, but you actually had them before they were in Guns N' Roses. And then at one point it was like mid recording or something that he's like Richard's like told you like oh yeah and by the way I'm gonna be in Guns N' Roses. You definitely did your research. Charles. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the story right there. I'm glad I don't have to tell it, but yeah, that's the story. Um, yeah. And at first, then Frank, he wasn't, but then he joined later. So is Axel just like stealing your, your musical band members or is it because he knew Richard or how did Frank get in later? Yeah. I don't know what's going on with that guy, but it certainly feels like it. That's crazy. So did they have to get like permission from Axel to still be in your band as well? Or because they, they didn't quit uh, your band when they were, they were simultaneously in your band and Guns N' Roses, right? Did they have to get permission? That's a really good question. I do not know the answer to that. But they were in both bands for a while, right? Yeah, but I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they were, they've been in, they're in a, every, first of all, everybody's in a million bands these days. You know? True, yeah. So, and that was kind of the beginning of that, uh, that, you know, the early 2000s, all of a sudden, like everybody was in a million bands. So, because they had to be, they couldn't sell records anymore, right? You had to, like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know the inner workings of that camp. I don't know what conversations are had, um, but uh, it's a good question. So you don't. So yeah, I don't know if you listen to my show, but I had. Um, I don't know if you know Troy Patrick Farrell. He's he's been in a bunch of bands, but uh, he's in a band with Dizzy Reed. And so one time he told me the story about how he went to a party and it was Axl Rose, Sebastian Bach, and it was like I don't know either the King or the Prince of India. And it was this crazy story. I was like. 
So I had to ask, like, do you, did you ever get a chance? Did you ever meet Axel? Do you ever have? A, do you have an Axel Rose story? Did you ever? I mean, because you were, you had the, his mem- band members in this in your band. I mean, they must have gotten you backstage once or twice, right? Yeah, I have been backstage. I was backstage. Uh, I guess when they played the Garden one time, and uh, and I was backstage another time in Italy. Um, I, I I've never had any interaction directly with the guy. Um, so I don't really, I, I'm going to disappoint you. And I don't really have any, <laughs> I, I, he, he did come in. Um, now that I think of it, when I, it was the garden show and um, I have to say the backstage atmosphere was nothing like what I thought it was going to be. And it's nothing like what my backstage atmosphere would be like. I would certainly have llamas and lesbians everywhere. <laughs> um, it was very, it was very, um, it was, it was very well lit and, you know, his friends and families and moms and, you know, yeah. it was very, yeah, it was very PG affair. Not, okay. to blow them, not to blow their image, but why not? Um, well, no, but I mean, I think it was different in the eighties than now. I mean, I, now they're a little yeah. older. They can't. Let's hope so. Oh, I guarantee it. Yeah, no, I'm sure there's some crazier stories. So then did you have interactions with Slash or Duff or any of the other guys? Or um, I've never met Slash, but I've been introduced to Duff once. And actually, I didn't want to meet him because I don't really like meeting these people, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, really? Yeah, I had to be cajoled into it. Like, you know, I was asked repeatedly and I went over there and sure enough, he was at, if I remember correctly, you know what it was? Um, he, it was at Manitoba's, which is doesn't exist anymore, but it's this punk rock bar on uh, yeah. Avenue um, B. And he, a, fr- a friend introduced me, and he was actually sitting there next to um, a couple of other Seattle guys in rock. Oh. Pearl Jam guy he's friends with. Uh, yeah. Is it Mike McCready? Mike McCready, yeah. Stone Gossard, and, maybe, yeah. Right, and then it was, also, oh, it, was the, it was the guitar player from uh, uh, Alice in Chains. Jerry Cantrell. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Was, it was the three of them was sitting there, and uh, and it was you know honestly I didn't really it was kind of awkward and I just said hello I was like hey my friend wants to introduce us so I'm Rob I know your guys oh yeah blah 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 and I got the hell out of there. I, I, although, although he was very, now that I think of it, he was very struck by the fact that I lived right in the area and that I was, and that I was a local guy. Cause I remember him saying over and over again, so wait, you live right around here. You're like a local guy. You, you so you're right in the neighborhood. And I was like, yeah. So in New York, I don't know what, what in New York, you're saying, yeah, yeah, it was a couple of blocks in my house. Okay. I don't know if he was trying to get me to invite him over. I don't know what, I don't know what was going you on. You should have taken advantage of that. I could have hung out with Duff. That's cool. You guys probably have a lot in common, though. You you like a lot of the same music. Yeah, I, honestly, it's it's funny. I don't know what I know. Those guys know about me because um, uh, when 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 Frank was first rehearsing with the Duff and uh, Slash uh, combo, yeah, uh, I was I was uh, I was giving him a hard time. I was texting him and I said something like, "Make sure you rehearse my band real good for when we go." Oh, on that's said, funny. Yeah, and then he texted me back, and he said, "I played the compulsions for them. They love the compulsions, right?" So, um, and then I sex, uh, knowing me, uh, I said something like, "Yeah, of course they love it. It sounds like they're already on it." I said something like that. <laughs> so, um, 
So, and that's kind of like maybe the last time I spoke to Frank. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, that's interesting. I, um, this was interesting. I found this interesting because um, usually when you, when a band, you know, parts ways with a member, it says like, you know, this band parted ways. But there, the 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 headline that I read with uh, Richard and Frank, it said, uh, "Compulsions fires Frank and Richard." Uh, and, and you know, I was just like, "Wow, that's really like dramatic!" Like you fired them, like you were like well, pissed was, or something. Yeah, that was. I mean, I, I didn't know we were going to get into this. I was going <laughs> to try and keep it clean, but you're oh, going yeah. there. That's no, cool. I'm going there. Yeah, that's cool. Um, it it. It, on a musical level, we got along great, but yeah. that was about it. That was about it. Um, it was not, uh, it, it w there was a lot of dramatics. Okay. Um, and, and if you want me to tell stories, honestly, I don't even remember the shit. I, I, don't, I don't dwell on it. I just know how I felt at the time. Yeah. And how I felt at the time was like, uh, you know, I don't need this anymore. Um, and so like, so they were great players and, you know, I've played with a lot of guys have been in and out of the compulsions and I could play you tracks and I could tell you which Richard and Frank on it and you'll think it is. And it's not. So, uh, the point is I've played with a lot of guys. Um, it wasn't until, you know, and I'll be the first to admit it. It wasn't until I started working with them on a, on a more regular basis that we were getting a lot more attention and a lot more people coming to the shows and a lot more clicks and likes and all that other kind of stuff. Uh, and so, you know, uh, there was, like I said, there was a lot of tension behind the scenes. I still don't know why, honestly. Hmm. You would have to ask them. Um, uh, and so I tolerated it. And I've said this before in interviews. I tolerated it for as long as uh, I had to. And then after a while, it was like, well, we're not getting any bigger um, because uh, you guys are all like they they were very reluctant to help me promote the band in any kind of way right mm. um and i don't know what that was about um there are you know to get your band out there um and and, and people to know about it there's no other way for me to say this but you got to whore yourself out there all over the fucking goddamn place uh and nowadays it's easier easier than ever cuz you just got to press some buttons online Right. Mm -hmm. And it was just real hard to get them to do any of that kind of stuff. I'm sure they have their side of the story. Um, you could ask them. Um, but again, I go back to this on a musical level. It was amazing. Um, we got reviews. I always got great reviews. Um, we continue to get amazing reviews like stuff like, you know, by far one of the greatest underrated rock bands of our generation, stuff like that. I mean, the fact that you could just you know, turn your nose up to that. Uh, it, it just, it just boggles my mind. Um, so again, you would have to ask them what the problem was. Um, it wasn't me. I did everything I could. Uh, I knew what we had. Um, and I knew it was amazing. Um, but again, uh, I, I did great stuff with, before them. I'm doing great stuff after them. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure you heard the new album, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll so get to that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No. So, um, so, and that's kind of the point of the new album. One of the points is, you know, now that I, now that people are paying attention, it's like, listen, I'm the guy that's making this happen. You know, I write these fucking songs. Well, yeah. So you're I'm the main songwriter. The only songwriter. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's been a little bit of help here and there. Um, but like from producer here and there, or, uh, 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 
there was another guitar player who contributed a riff eight million years ago to one track. But by and large, everything you see, everything you hear, for better or worse, is all coming from me. Gotcha. Um, how the songs sound, why they're in that key, why they're in that tempo, you know, that's all me. Okay. Um, so for, whether that's good or bad, I'll okay. leave that up to you. All right. Well, so then, yeah. So you got rid of uh, Frank and Richard, and then you hired another Guns N' Roses, well, former Guns N' Roses guitarist, Bumblefoot, who's also an amazing, talented guitarist. Now, is he still, he was a one time in uh, Guns N' Roses, but now he's a. Uh, He's in uh, Hookers and Blow, and he's the front man for the band Asia, which is like an 80s band. And is he, is he in your band too, or is, did he just help out on this new album? I mean, uh, to be honest with you, man, the only guy in my band right now is really me, especially right now with, you know, with the state of the world as yeah. it is, uh, definitely not helping. Um, but I'm the one, I'm, it, it's, it's called The Compulsions, which is ironic because it really is more of a solo project than anything else. Um, I would love to have these guys, uh, any of them more involved. Um, but, uh, that you'd have to ask them, you know, they, they, they're in other projects that are, I guess, more lucrative or whatever. Um, yeah. Bumble is in 8 million projects. (laughs) Oh, he's in Um, sons of Apollo too, I think. Right. There's that. Yeah. Um, so they're all doing a million things. Like I said, everybody's in a million bands. Um, it definitely does not help my situation. Yeah. But um, it's always like a catch 22. While I'd be in your band, I mean, this nobody has said this, but this is what I'm getting. While I'd be in your band if it was making more money, um, but how's it going to make more money if you're not going to be in the goddamn band? You know what I mean? Right. So uh, it's a nonstop, um, it's a nonstop, uh, you know, catch 22. For sure. But you did, you, you were talking, I heard you talking about touring Europe. Did, were you able to get that tour? I mean, have you toured a lot besides just doing uh, shows in New York? I, that was me playing by myself with a guitar, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, okay. And, and Daryl played, Daryl played by himself with a guitar as well. We had, we had, you know, plugged in electric guitars. Oh. Um, we would join each other during each other's set once in a while. Um, he had a bass player that he was friends with show up. Um, so yeah, that was just the two of us, and uh, and we brought the house down every time. I have hmm. to say, um, uh, luckily, you know, he he's got a nice little um, underground uh, kind of following there. And between the two of us, you know, as we teamed up, um, we had a lot of fun both times. Um, maybe we'll do it again. I have no. I mean, right now, who knows what's going on? So you uh, never toured with you with a full band. You never like toured the U.S. or. Unfortunately not. No, I wish that I could tell you that I did. I've, I've played some festivals like years ago, uh, an early, early version of the band, not with the name brand guys that, that you mentioned, but yeah. I have been out to um, Wisconsin and Oklahoma, stuff like that. Yeah. But okay. Um, yeah. Cause I was going to say, that's a good way to get notices, the festivals or the cruises. Have you ever done one of the rock cruises? I have not. I've I've had people say they're going to hook me up with that. Um, it just hasn't come to fruition. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't. I'm not real good at that aspect of the business. Really? Um, Maybe I should manage you. I feel like I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> hey, listen, man, you got a job. <laughs> yeah, you just got a no. You're a hustler, man. You, you, you I think you're a hustler, aren't you? A little bit. I, I definitely am a hustler, but there's a limit to what you could do sometimes. Yeah. You know, you need, to a certain degree, 
unique cooperation. Well, it's all networking. You know Izzy, Izzy Presley, right? I had him on my show. You Have you been on his show? I think you're friends with him on Facebook or Instagram. He he hosts, he does, he's part of the uh, Monsters of Rock crew. He's one of the hosts on that. I'm sure he knows some people that could probably he could talk to. I mean, I feel like I see the list of those bands on those cruises and like, I mean, they have like the big ones, like the Cinderella's and the Skid Rose and Queens, right? But then they have the, you know, real like up and coming bands too. So I feel like you could get on somehow. Uh, I'm down, dude. I'm down. <laughs> All right, this is our pitch. To the, we'll get some press here. But let's talk about the the new record, the new band that you've assembled. So we talked about Bumblefoot's on guitar. Uh, you got Earl Slick on yeah. guitar. So if people don't know who that is, this guy is a session player. He's played with David Bowie and John Lennon. Please yeah. tell me you have a story from him about John Lennon. He you you have must have he must have given you some John Lennon story. He talked a lot about David Bowie, to be honest with you. Um, like every other sentence. Oh, really? <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm joking. Yeah, he talked a lot about David. But one, one thing that he said about David Bowie that I that I thought was interesting was that David told him was, um, I mean, something like, if you're not feeling good, like if you're down, don't go out. Stay home. Don't let people see you down. He's like, they'll see it in your face and – uh and, and they'll think something's wrong and just, just stay the fuck home. Even if you got a show, what about the show must go on? What if you got shows to do? Oh, you got a show, you got a show. But I mean, okay. as far as hanging out, I think what he meant as far as like, you know, fraternizing and hanging out or, you know, uh, you know, socializing. Socializing, okay. You're not feeling it, just stay home. So that's, I mean, I don't know if that's the story you're looking for, but there's that <laughs> one. Okay, I mean, yeah. it's not bad advice, no, but I was hoping like, you know, some crazy story about John Lennon and uh, Jimmy Page so, hanging out and a mud shark or I don't know, something crazy like that. <laughs> um, you know, Earl came over and it was really for a day, a long day in the studio. And I think he worked on five songs. He, I sent him the material ahead of time. I sent all the guys the material ahead of time. So when they show up, they know what they want to do with it. Right. Yeah. I, I may, be, I'll may, I'm a, I may give it some pointers or like, here's what I have in mind on this yeah. song, or I'll even like send them another song by somebody else as a reference, like hear what they did here. Like I'm kind of going for something like that. And everybody all down the, everybody up and down the line is amazing with that kind of stuff. I mean, they really, everybody comes prepared with no shortage of ideas and the songs always come out a million times, even better than I thought they were going to come out. Um, so that was that was the day with Earl. Earl came in. I think we did five songs, three of them were on this album. And, you know, we were only in there for like eight hours, you know, an eight hour day. And so but what I'm trying to tell you is there wasn't a lot of chit chat. It was okay. like working, get to work. You know, yeah. Like playing the goddamn guitar. Um, <laughs> and um, and honestly, I would rather have that stuff than the stories. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I'm, sure. No, if you got to choose. Yeah. What yeah, about. I mean, I, I yeah. have those songs forever now. You know? Yeah. And then Alec Morton, he's from a uh, raging slab. I, I, I don't know. That's a lesser known band, but I, I like them. I, I was a big fan of that. Are they a New York band? Yeah. They, okay. they, they don't exist anymore, unfortunately, but yeah, in the early nineties, they were like an amazing New York area band. I I'd seen them at least half a dozen times. I would see them. Uh, I definitely saw a show that I'll never forget. It was them and monster magnet double bill. Oh, yeah. I remember them any club it was just amazing both man. those bands i was found on headbangers ball back when mtv oh. used to be 
brutal so yeah. good like such real rock and roll um back to back i don't even remember who opened for who it didn't matter they were like the same level of yeah intensity and excellence um so yeah so he was in raging slab a really awesome band people should check out the video for uh don't dog me is yes an that's a good one video. yeah um so yeah he's a super cool guy um real easy to get along with uh we talk all the time well not all the time but we do uh, we do talk about whatever I'm trying to do next. Um, yeah, so he's all over this album. Yeah. And then Brian Delaney, who spent some time in the New York Dolls. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's um, another phenomenal drummer, super rock and roll, um, just gets it, you know. And you know uh, these guys just from playing in the clubs in New York? Uh, you know, you know, it's all, you know, you know how every one thing always leads to another. So I would say that, you know, Richard and Frank were, when I, came across them you know they did have this is the early 2000s at that point they were session guys or or playing you know in versions of the psychedelic furs or something or mm-hmm. with richard butler and stuff so they weren't like just dudes playing in a club they were doing uh you know more real stuff um but uh so they were they were pretty accessible at that time and then also sammy yafa uh, was in that lineup as well. And Sammy like lived, you know, a couple of blocks, a few blocks from me and he was hanging out in the clubs too. He was my in point- New York dolls and Hanoi rock, right? Yeah. 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 So my point is it wasn't that hard to get in touch with people. Okay. I mean, like know somebody who knows somebody, you just get a phone number, you know what I'm saying? And just, you know, got people want to work, you know, and if the material, if they like the material, um, it's all the better for them, I guess. Okay. Um, so and then oh, so anyway so from playing with Sammy uh you know I, I uh that just in a way opened the door for me to just reach out to Brian Delaney you know okay. he's another another awesome guy yeah uh, and uh and so you know one thing Lisa and, and it was through Brian that I got Earl Slick's contact information oh. uh, but I you know I, you know you could probably you know contact these people on if you know on facebook or everybody has an everybody has a website nowadays with an email address so if 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 the material is promising and the situation is 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 right you know people want to work you know okay very cool so then um let's talk about the new album ferocious what's that you can do it too yeah, no, I try to do uh try to try to do something here, but uh, let's talk about your new album Ferocious. So, you said there's a lot of violent imagery in the lyrics, nasty and dark in uh, spots, but also hilarious. Um guns and axes to the end of the world. So, the first song um my first uh, initial reaction, the first song Born on the Landfill, which I love the title. Uh it sounds very much like and I hope this is a compliment. It sounds like Guns and Roses not appetite, but sounds like the, actually they use your illusions, which I love personally. And I think it's very underrated because a lot of people don't like the use your illusions CDs. They only like the appetite. Um, would you agree with that? Like some of the songs sound like that? I mean, you know, that song is just a blues song, really. Uh, you know, I don't know who owns that style of song. It's very Rolling Stonesy. You know, yeah. It's written in, it's in open tuning, um, open. It's, I think it's in open G it's in the key of G. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, all the all these bands, whether it's Guns N' Roses or The Stones or ACDC or Aerosmith, you know, uh, we're, the Black Crows, we're all drawn from the same, you know, well of influences. Yeah. It's the blues, 
you know, yeah. it's the blues. Well, so, you guys have the same, yeah, it must be the same influences. So, um, and then the, right. so I guess, I guess to answer your question even more is like, yeah, I'm getting the blue. I got the blues from, you know, Aerosmith who got it from the Rolling Stones who got it from the blues guys. And so I'm sure the GNR guys were about the same age. You know, they probably followed a similar path. Sure. You know? So we're, we're, we, 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 we process the stuff like through the same sort of filters, more or less. Give right. Or take, you know? And cause you also have the punk, the New York dolls and all that kind of influences that they love too. the dead boys. Like yeah, you said. So the, yeah. yeah. So there may be a level of aggression in our music that maybe you wouldn't have found in some of the other bands that I just mentioned. Yeah. You know, like, you know, we are, we, you know, and it's also, it's modern day. We also have modern technology when we make these records. So things can maybe sound punchier. I, I don't know. Um, uh, but I think the main thing is that it's just like, you know, we, we, we kind of, uh, are drawn from the same influences and come into like some very similar conclusions. Absolutely. Yeah. So your second, the second songs, it's like, it takes a total 180 though. It's, it's called band of thieves. And this song sounds more like a Rob zombie song, which is really cool. I love Rob zombie. Yeah. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. Would you oh, agree yeah, with that total. assessment then? It's a little bit like kind of, sounds like Rob zombie. Well, yeah, I've always, you know, I, I, I love, you know, the two guitar rock and roll band setup, you know, that's the basis for everything. But I do love certain artists like Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson, that that definitely push the envelope and they're not afraid to bring in, you know, drum machines and synthesizers and just more, I don't know how to say it, but, you know, off the wall, modern day, you know, productions. And so, the Band of Thieves song is definitely influenced by that and, and actually also very influenced by, um, uh, if you saw Fury Road. Um, Mad Max. Yeah. 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 The guy who did the, the guy who did the music to that is a guy named Junkie XL. And huh. um, yeah. And uh, I've listened to that soundtrack quite a few times. And uh, we definitely um, I was definitely influenced by uh, the, the Fury Road movie. Okay. Um, I love that movie. It's great. In, in, in the writing and the production of that song. And even like what the song's about, you know, yeah. Band of Thieves. It's kind of written so you don't know. I read it. I wrote it. So hopefully it was vague. So you're like, is he talking about a biker gang or is he talking about a rock and roll band? Or it's like, it's kind of that, you know, it's kind of written to be interpreted like most of my stuff multiple ways. Cool. Yeah. No. And then the the third song is called addicted. And this sounds kind of like the first song and the second song, you know, had a baby basically. It's kind of like Rob zombie meets guns and roses. I really like the baseline in this. Did you write that baseline or did you have Alec, uh, come up with that? I I had to be, he he probably came up with that. Okay. Um, Yeah. And that's, I love that song. That's it. That song is really, it's just one chord. It's just the A chord all the way through. There's no changes. There's a couple of stops, but yeah, it's just this hypnotic. It was me just trying to do, you know, I'll, you know, my version of like a Jimmy Page riff. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of that, and uh, and then Bumblefoot is just going crazy over the whole thing. Oh, okay. Uh, um. So. Um. Yeah. I that I love I love that track. Is Bumblefoot? Does he play on the Funk's number six six six? Because I love the guitar on that with a wah wah pedal. It's got a great solo. That's yeah, Bumblefoot. That. Oh yeah. yeah, he tore that up, man. That was really good. He did such an incredible job, you know. Uh, if if you like this stuff too, you know, I put out um, I put out some singles with him in 2016. We did a cover of um, 
we covered Revolution and we covered Shock Me and we covered Fascination Street. And yes. It was kind of like the beginning of our working together. Um, and then, you know, he's just real easy to get along with and, he, you know, certainly knows how to play guitar. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, you got the rest of the songs are all really good. I like, I also like the, the Dustin Bones cover. That's a Guns N' Roses song. Um, I lo- I think again, I think that that song and that whole, those whole albums are so underrated. So it was cool to hear a cover of that. I thought that, and it was like, you did it differently. You didn't just, it wasn't a totally faithful cover, which I think if you're going to cover a song, I think you should kind of mix it up. Also the same with your cover of dead flowers. You also, which is a song that I don't know if Guns N' Roses covered it, but I think did Gilby Clark cover it and Axel sang on it? I've heard them do it. And so it was cool to hear that too. You know what? Everybody's covered that song. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, I mean, it's a good song. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's such a real good song to cover. I mean, it's just simple cowboy chords, you know, and like you can do it in so many different styles. It's, it's just wide open. I mean, there's obviously the Stones version, but then we did it more like, I don't know, uh, more of a punk rock, maybe yeah. social distortion, but with like, you know, shredding guitars on top of it. But yeah, many people have covered that song and it's just a real, it's just the mark of a great song is when people want to cover it and also can cover it in so many different ways. Yeah, no, because yours is definitely more of an original version. It's not, again, it's not, it's like the Guns N' Roses. It's not a totally faithful, just a a cookie cutter copy, you know, version. It's like you're actually putting your style and your stamp on it, which I think is the best covers. That's what we try and do. Yeah, that's awesome. And then I love uh, the Dirtbag Blues. Now, I think I heard you talking about, because I only heard clips of the song. So is this song only 48 seconds long? Yeah, it's a 48, sec- 48 seconds long. I, I gave myself an assignment, you know, years ago. Yeah. Um, uh, um, which was like to write, try and write the, the not only fast and speed, but like the shortest amount of time, like mm-hmm. can I tell a whole story in less than a minute? So there's an album we have called um, Beat the Devil. And if you look at that, there's a song called Eat My Dust. That's 60 seconds long. It's like this motorhead, you know, jam. Um, uh, and then um, and then I did this song, which is um, Dirtbag Blue is another another less than a minute song. I've got a couple others in the pipeline. There's another one called Shake That Fang. That we we do two. There's two versions of that. There's a slow version and a and a fast okay. version. And actually, the song that up at the top that we talked about, Born on a Landfill. I was trying to write that. That was going to be a 60 second song. I was trying to tell my life story in like the shortest amount of time possible. Um, and so that's kind of what the um, inspiration was between uh uh behind um born on a landfill i was trying to write that was gonna that was gonna i was gonna try and make out another 60 seconds what do you mean that that's like your life story like you weren't literally born on a landfill were you? well i was born in staten island i don't know if you know anything about <laughs> but, um but uh there was the um the uh the, that, that giant you know fresh kills um landfill that was there for the longest time they've since paved it over but I just wanted to, you know, that was my, that was my assignment. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I live on top of a landfill. I mean, yeah. I'll let your imagination, um, I'll let your imagination take that one. Yeah. So what's it like? I mean, right now there's a lot going on in the world. Does that inspire you to pick up a guitar and make songs about it? Cause I mean, I know from myself as a podcaster, I mean, there's probably not a lot I can do to save the world, especially as a white male. Uh, you know, there's not a lot I can do to save, but you know, as a musician, you can maybe inspire people, uh, 
with your songs. I don't know. Do you think about the, do you think of some of these songs or they inspire you to write, uh, you know, like a John Lennon type, uh, peaceful song that can bring the world together? You know, I, I, yeah, it does. Um, I have done, even on the last album, there was a song called evil bastards, which was <laughs> like this. Uh, it, it was just about the sins of humanity. That's a great really. title. Yeah. It's a pretty, it's a pretty fucking dark song and it's a pretty angry song. And it's, I love that song. So there's, you know, so I have written stuff, you know, based on what I see on TV and see out on the street. Um, so Evil Bastards would be one. Funk number 666 is definitely, I mean, we, I get right into like, I, I, I take that all the way up to the apocalypse with the four horsemen coming in and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it seems to, you know, I wrote that thing five years ago and it's unfortunately seems more relevant now than ever before. Um, and then, yeah, I have... There's a couple other things in the pipeline that are, you know, if you heard them, uh, even the reclusive song that I have, um, I wrote that long before we were all, you know, locked down. And if, if, I, if I put it out today, you would think, oh, he wrote this because he was locked down, uh, you know, actually had it actually had it uh, in the um, in the works uh, way longer. So uh, am I inspired? I mean, to be honest with you, I kind of feel like funk number six, six, six covers everything <laughs> i don't know what more i can say right now um I'm, I'm not really in songwriting mode uh for the first time in a real long time i've been playing guitar a lot just to be honest with you i've been you know working on becoming a better guitar player i have so many songs in the works that i'm going to put out that i really as a, as a as a creative person i don't really feel the need to to write anything i got but, i got over 20 fucking songs to fucking finish like isn't it but it isn't i, I, I don't yeah. i don't need any more work you know it doesn't I mean? inspire you like because isn't that when you are most driven to pick up a guitar like when a heartbreak i you know i've heard I, that it's easier to write a song when you're in a place of pain than if you're feeling really good you're not going to be like oh i can't wait to write a nice happy song i definitely yeah that definitely seems to be true but again i've i've i feel like i've i feel like i have to finish the songs i got started before the right one honestly and okay. unless, unless somebody wants me to write a song for them yeah uh, i'd be happy to but as far as me what's going on in my life you know i'm good like i got enough material to that's keep good me busy. And yeah and, and it's a real calming cool feeling to be honest with you because to to answer your question there was a time when like i would try and turn every little goddamn thing into a song yeah you know, like how how do i get a song out of this and i did um but I feel real good now. I mean, I, I I feel real satisfied as a songwriter. I don't feel like I need to write anything more. I have, like I said, at least 20 songs in the can that nice. need to get finished off. Um, and for me, the focus right now is, it, it, when it comes to rock and roll, is like, I just want to be a better guitar player. Okay. That's probably the thing that I've neglected the most um, all these years is my guitar playing. And I feel like I've had to... I've been responsible for so many other aspects of, of being in a band or running a band or whatever, that the guitar playing has really fallen by the wayside. And, um, and the whole reason, you know, I'm, I, I love doing this is for the goddamn guitar. You know, I just love playing guitar. And so you just want to be a better guitar player. And there's, I don't think there's any guitar player worth his or her salt that you would talk to that would say, that they don't want to be a better guitar player. Like everybody wants to be. So how do you player. become a better guitar player? You got to take lessons that's, or just practicing more? Or? That's a great question. I mean, uh, you know, playing the thing for starters, but yeah, you, I, I should have a more regimented, um, you know, I should have, I should, I should be doing lessons or something like I should be taking that more seriously. Um, 
but uh, just figuring out stuff, you know, uh, that I just should have figured out years ago. <laughs> it's kind of like life, um, you know, just figuring out stuff that uh, that just makes all the difference. You know, little it's little things here and there. It's eight million things, you know. Well, that's what I heard uh, somebody talking about that the other day, that uh, success is not sexy. It's just an accumulation of little, little things and habits over a long period of time that leads to great, amazing things. So. Yeah, totally, totally. And some of us, you know, we learn different things at, at different rates at different times in our life. Yeah, you know, so definitely. The game is not over, you know, until you're in the grave. So know? yeah. So when does this uh, new album, the Ferocious? When does it come out? Is it November, or October? Yeah, this is um, the. You can buy the whole thing on November thirteenth, okay. twenty twenty. But right now, you can go to iTunes and pre-order it and you'll get um you'll get dead flowers and dust and bones instantly. Oh, okay. Uh, sent yeah, yeah. So so um, that's cool. So and you you said um you know like you go to the website and see all these reviews that you have from a lot of uh, critics have really given you guys good reviews. Do you have other people that are fans like because I, like I said, I thought maybe Guns N' Roses. I mean, it sounds like they they are kind of fans. Do you think there's other bands out there that are fans of you that maybe would take you on as an opening band or something like that? Or, well, you know what's funny is um, I became uh, I had a few conversations with a guy named um, oh his name is escaping me right now. Uh, I should know this. Um, who was the bass player? Who is uh, oh Jimmy Ashurst? I don't know who you know who that is. No. He's in the Juju Hounds. Oh yeah, then, yeah. Izzy's then, uh, Izzy's band. Yeah, and, and he was in um, he was in Buck Cherry too. Oh, and, and he's I think he's friends with the other guys that we mentioned earlier. Okay, uh, and uh, and and in one of my conversations with him, he told me that on more than one occasion, Buck Cherry reached out to someone in the Compulsions about opening up for Buck Cherry, and they were told that we were too busy. Now, I can tell you, no one reached out to me, so I don't know who they talked to. Yeah. But no one came around and told me, hey, Rob, by the way, so-and-so from Buck Cherry reached out to me and wanted to know if we wanted to open up for them. I told them we were too busy, but just wanted you to know. So hmm. so to answer your question, there's things like that. Um, uh, for the most part, from what I see, you know, even though it looks maybe to the outside person that there's like a brotherhood going on out there, I, it looks to me like everybody kind of keeps it themselves. And it's like your family versus my family, you know, my gang versus your gang. You know, I don't, I, 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 you know, I would welcome that kind of support or interest or whatever. Um, but, uh, it hasn't really come my way. In fact, maybe the opposite, you know, if you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, no, what do you mean really, the opposite? No, I don't know what you mean. No, there's the, just, you know, unfair competition and just sabotage and that kind of bullshit, you know? Um, really? Like people trying to not let get you, give you opportunities. Um, I don't think anybody's in a rush to help anybody. I'll put it that way. Okay. You know? um, I don't think anybody's in a rush. to. Help. It, 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 it's too tough out there to help really help anybody. Well, I'm trying to help every musician that I can't, anyone that comes on my show is it, is it once you're a guest on my show, I'll help you for the rest of your life as much as I can. I mean, not that I have a lot of followers or anything, but. No, I really appreciate that. That's awesome. But I don't really, I, that's not been my experience, you know? Um, so yeah. 
Uh, but anyway, yeah, so, somebody reached out. Somebody from Buck Cherry reached out to one of my guys a couple huh. of times, from what I'm told, and uh, and and they were told that we were too busy. But the message never got to me. Well, that sucks because I think you and Buck Cherry, I, I would definitely pay to see that show for sure. That'd be amazing. It phenomenal. It would have been phenomenal. Yeah, I just heard their their guitarist actually just stepped down. Did you, did you see that? I did hear about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, maybe yeah. you could step in and be their guitar player. <laughs> Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that the rock and roll image of like sleazy party rock is just like not PC in 2020 anymore? Cause you kind of have that kind of, uh, you know, even with the album artwork and some of the titles and the lyrics, I mean, it's kind of that sleazy, you know, rock. And it, it, sometimes I kind of like almost like get scared when I, when I listen to some of this stuff, cause I go, Oh gosh, the, you know, the me too crowd or whatever is going to be after this guy or, you know, and yeah, I, yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, I could tell you, I'm, I've lived it <laughs> um, and I'm still living it. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, as far as, you know, people being offended by anything, what a tough shit, you know, it's fucking <laughs> rock, you know what I mean, like, what do you mean, I mean, yeah. we, could, we could sit there and po- we could sit here, sit there and have issue with, you know, fucking chuck berry my ding-a-ling his biggest song of all time you know what i mean like that's just, true yeah i didn't think of that yeah you just can't sit there and like second guess yourself and worry about offending people because like we're offended by something there's the, the 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 rotating list of topics that we're offended by if you try and just sit there and like make everybody happy you'll just never make a record yeah you know what i mean but just put it out and then you know time will tell whether it's you know offensive or not and i think that you know um i have a lot of different types of people i'm fortunate to say a lot of different types of people that love my stuff and 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 and, and it's an honor and they know where i'm coming from and they know you know when when it's funny and 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 they know when it's you know you know it got the best intentions behind it and stuff like that and so right cuz yeah isn't that know, kind of an expression that's how you express some of these feelings that, I mean, Guns N' Roses things, I used to love her, but I had to kill her. I mean, they didn't really kill anybody, but maybe that's how they're expressing the feelings of like being angry at somebody. And maybe that's a good way to get that anger out, to listen to a song or write a song. There's always going to be that type of stuff, whether it's in hip hop or whether it's, yeah. In, yeah, whether it's in some old country song about killing your girlfriend or whatever. It's, or the new Cardi B song. Have you, have you seen that one? No. What is she talking about? The wet ass pussy. You haven't seen that one? Okay, no. I mean, I, I've seen that one, but not that one. No, um, you got to see that video. It's pretty graphic. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, y- you got to go there sometimes. You yeah. Know? You got to. But you know, I I also try and not be like oh just a one dimensional artist and only do that. You right. Know? Like there's a time and a place for a dirty joke. You know. Um, but then there's also a time and a place for some like you know deep meaningful stuff too. Mm-hmm. So if you listen to the record, you know, the goal is to try and, you know, check all those boxes. Yeah. Do you think that you'll try, are you going to try to get some of the songs licensed to movies and TVs and commercials? Cause I feel like that's the greatest way to make money with recording. I mean, obviously touring is a big part of musicians now, but in terms of album sales, it just, you're just not getting the, you know, even the biggest names are not getting the, the money from that. So do you try to do the licensing? Yeah. I have a guy that I work with i we've gotten some songs on some things like we even had a song on like one of those uh on an H, on a showtime series oh really uh, yeah it was a small snippet of a song but you know 
you get paid for that. So there's things here and there that you can try and do, get, you know, get your songs into maybe commercials or whatever. Yeah. But that kind of stuff does happen. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the dream is you want the opening sequence on some, you know, uh, HBO miniseries. Yeah. You know, um, so, you know, anything can happen. Yeah. So, stuff. or what is it? What other, sorry. And probably will. And pre, yeah, hopefully. So what other goals do you have for, the band, what, what do you want to do? Would you, I mean, would you want to do an opening to a tour with Buck Cherry or what, what would be your biggest goal? Well, right now, everything is up in the air. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what anybody's doing right now. So that's why, that's why I figured, let me just, first of all, this record has been, I've been working on this record for five years. Um, and while I'm working on that record, like I uh, said before, I have like another two albums at least worth of material. So it's been all like these 30 plus songs just you know, working on them and moving them forward as fast as possible. And these were the first 10 that came together uh, or the first, or the, this package of 10 seemed to really work well. Okay. Um, and so uh, to answer your question, what's the goal? I mean, there's, it's just, things are just so crazy right now. Like we're even talking to some, I don't know if this is going to happen and I can't get into too many details about it, but there's a guy out there who is a promoter who has an idea for uh a, a remote, you know, a, a socially distanced um, concert series. And he's got an interesting spin on it, which I'm not going to give away because it's his idea. And okay. I, don't know if, I don't know if we're going to do it or not, but um, this, yeah, I, I you know, the, the goal is to really play out more, you know, I mean, that's the one thing that I haven't really been able to do as much as I want to with, with this band is to play out more. Um, but that would be awesome. You know, if somebody wanted to write a song with me or wanted to wanted me to write a song for them, that would be sick. You know, Jimmy Page wants to give me a call, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, I know I'm looking for something. Um, so, you know, whatever Iggy pop wants to do yeah. something. Like, oh yeah. Well, you you're know, a hustler. Like I said, I mean, you reach out to all these other guys. You just keep reaching out to people. I, I, you know, haven't reached out to Jimmy Page. Yeah, maybe why not? Should. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know that he's going to dig my singing style. He seems to like, you know, you know, it's hard to fill Robert Plant's shoes. Um, yeah, that's but, tough. Uh, but, but, um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm not shy about reaching out to people, and I, and I do, and I do, uh, do that once in a while. Again, right now, I just my focus has been just to, you know, get this album out. Uh, I'm going to be doing some publicity for it, including your show, um, which thank you very much. Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, playing out is always the goal. But right now, ain't nobody playing out. Yeah. You know? All right. Well, um, yeah, thanks so much for doing my show. Um, I do like to end with a charity. So you mentioned the uh, World Resources Institute. Can you tell me about that? I looked up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they're just they have so many. They, they, they just have so many different things that they do. But the main the main goal is that, you know, we have to do more to way more to keep the environment or get the environment in better shape because we're just not going to be here. Um, uh, if, if we just keep going along this path and yeah. I mean, look at the situation that we're in now. I mean, a lot, every, a lot of people have a theory on why we're here, but I think it's just because, you know, we're just doing too much too fast, you know, and too many of us doing it. Well, isn't uh, is it, it's interesting though because didn't the uh, I think was it Italy or one of those uh, European countries when they locked down, uh, like th they said the environment just totally changed. Like these animals came back to life that you know that had never been seen in these areas. And 
I think you're talking about the canals in Venice. They yeah, I don't know if that was fake news or what, but yeah, I mean, I, there's definitely been some like measurable changes in the environment with the lockdowns, which is really interesting. Yeah, and I, I'm not surprised because, again, you know, I just feel like we're just doing way too much too fast. Um, and I think we ought to really examine that. And I'm sad to say that I, I don't think we're going to – I think we're all itching. Everybody's itching to get back to their schemes and their scams as soon as possible that, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm very worried about, you know, the future and what's going to happen because it doesn't seem like – you know, we're supposed to be in this reflective mood, but I don't see it in this reflective, you know, state perhaps. And I, I don't, I don't necessarily see it. I just, I, I think there's all the self-centered, you know, people out there. I think they're just waiting, you know, itching to get back to that, you know, and that's how we got here in the first place. Yeah. It's sad. I mean, I, that's why I try to end with a charity, try to do something better for the world. So, I mean, yeah, if people want to go to that website, they can check it out and then people should definitely check your stuff out. Um, you're on all this. You're not a fan of social media. You, I heard you say, but you are on it regardless, right? I think you're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and spot uh, yeah, your music's on Spotify and YouTube and Pandora. Yeah. Yeah. That the music based stuff. Yes. Um, uh, Instagram. Yes. Facebook. I have my personal account. There's a YouTube page. Um, uh, you know, and again, you know, the album is available right now. If people pre-order it, they'll get yeah. the, uh, the, uh, they'll get dead flowers. They'll get our version of dead flowers and they'll get our version of, uh, dust and bones. So, you know, I do, I do what I have to do. <laughs> All right. Well, that's great. Well, thanks so much for uh, coming on my show. Is there anything else you want to promote or, uh, tell people to do or. Uh, just keep checking the page because there's updates going to be coming. Okay. Uh, keep checking the website. It's uh, thecompulsionsnyc.com. Like I said, there may be some live performances in the future, very near future. I don't know if it's going to be a full band thing. Okay. Or it might be me or it might be both. Um, so there's stuff, there's stuff happening. And there's, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, you know, there's press coming out. There's other podcasts and stuff like that. So, you know, there's going to be um, – um, hopefully some more entertainment coming from me for people. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, hopefully you can eventually do a show down here or if you do a show in New York, maybe I can come up there and I got there's I've interviewed a bunch of comedians from up uh, in New York. And so I'd love to see them and, and see you live. That would be cool. That'd be amazing. Yeah, man. Just let me know when you're in town. Okay. We'll do. Thanks so much, Rob. Thank you, Chuck. Great All right. Speaking with you. Bye-bye. Take care. So there you have it. Rob Carlisle from the compulsions. Uh, the new album is called ferocious comes out in November. I think November 13th, he said. Uh, check the website. Uh, check his social media. Follow him on social media for updates. You can follow me on social media as well. If you enjoyed this interview, share it with a friend. Or you can write me a review if you are really feeling like doing a nice thing for me. And other than that, uh, have a great day or night if you're listening at night. And just remember, shoot for the moon.